show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pop, spoon, ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> And we are back. Welcome back to the show. This is WTM Watch This Movie. I am your host, Eric Mulder. Eric, he is a bad, bad man. Still a bad man. Still. Still a bad man. Not to be confused with Eric the Bike Man. <laughs> Local reference. Are they nationwide yet? I think they're only in the upper Midwest. They used to call me Bike Man in college because of those <laughs> fucking commercials. Eric the Bike Man. <laughs> and then there'd be like a little chorus of like like women and kids like, Eric the Bike Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. It was like Jones and like his like group of friends because we used to live by each other in these apartment complexes. That's where I first met him and a bunch of people from his hometown. Yeah. And uh, I started hearing Bike Man all the time and I didn't know they were even talking about me. <laughs> Like, yeah, fucking Bike Man was drunk last night or blah, 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 you know, something. And I'm like, who the fuck is Bike Man? And they're like, you, you're fucking Bike Man. <laughs> they're just talking about you in front of your face. You don't even know what? <laughs> like, they weren't trying to hide it. They just thought I they knew. They thought you knew that you were the Bike Man. <laughs> yeah. They thought it was obvious. I was unaware. That Eric is the Bike Man. Well, I am the Bike Man, and you are the Wolf Man. That's right. Wolfman's got nards. My nickname's not as obvious because it's somebody just randomly called me the Wolf Man <laughs> at work. <laughs> yeah. You still have that shit pinned up on your cubicle? Sure do. Oh yeah, been there for uh, since I've been there. So. Oh, you betcha! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, today it's Thursday, the fifth. Thursday the fifth. You know what that means? <laughs> Eight days away. From Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. Well, there was already a Friday the 13th earlier this year. Was that over the summer? I forget what it was. I don't remember. Probably. Yeah, but there was a Friday the 13th last year, too, I believe, also in October. Was it in October? I don't know. There's at least one every year. There's going to be at least one every year, right? Oh, sometimes it doesn't happen. Well, it's, yeah, there's got to be a month that starts on Sunday <laughs> at least once a year, right? Yeah, you'd suppose. Maybe the leap here throws it off. Yeah. Well, in any case, today we're doing Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Part 6. It's, uh, it's the best sequel that I've seen, I think. Yeah, and it, actually, it might be my favorite of the series. Yours too, right? Yeah. Like, I put the original one kind of off on its own. I don't really count that as part of the... Because mm. it's, it's so... It's not like Jason. Jason's yeah. not the, the dude in there. <laughs> <laughs> he is not the dude he's, in there. He's kind of in there, but he, it's it's not his movie. But of all the the eight or the uh, seven Jason movies I've seen, this is my favorite. You've seen eight, right? You've seen... I've seen uh, through eight. Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. Is the one. I have not seen the ones after they switched uh, production companies. Yeah. Um, new line yeah they went from what paramount to new line or the other way around i don't yeah, know new line new line has three of the films so i'm guessing jason goes to hell yeah versus jason jason or no jason x and freddie versus jason i think i think new line has the new the oh nine and they yeah reboot. they did the remake too so if that's there's four after so i guess there's technically four so i don't know if maybe jason goes to hell was still maybe Jason goes no. Jason goes to hell was the new, uh, was new line. Wow, that's why I haven't seen it because they only showed the Paramount ones on, uh, yeah, encore. 
Yeah, the rights thing is confusing because that's the reason he can't get a box set of Blu-rays for these things. Right. Uh, they used to have one, but like you've seen it on what uh, I, eBay I, or something. I found it on Amazon, but they're they apparently don't print it anymore, so mm-hmm. they're all like five hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's not even necessarily a brand new one. That's yeah, it's like potentially first a used one. Blu-ray is probably the only Blu-ray set they did, and then they pulled it from shelves. Because yeah, I remember seeing it years ago. Because it had like the first 10 movies plus Freddy vs. Jason. And it may have had the, the reboot. Yeah, I'm not too, sure. But uh, I think it had the first 11. Yeah, I've seen the first eight. I'll probably do a little special report on them uh, later this month. Yeah. But yeah, because uh, previous to a few weeks ago, I had seen one, three, parts of two. Part of that is just from watching three. Yeah. They keep on going through the previous film at the beginning of each subsequent film. Yeah. This one, they actually didn't do that, which yeah. I, I had forgotten that this one didn't have that. But like the first like four or five sequels, they all start with the last scene of the previous movie. Mm. So I'd seen one, three, and eight. And I've been going through all of them. And I like this one a lot. It was a lot of fun. They're all a lot of fun, but this one's like the quintessential Jason movie, I think. Yeah. It's very meta, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Like, going through all these sequels, I was like, oh, I'm guessing it's just the same thing over and over, and it just kind of gets a little shittier each time. Because yeah. I had seen eight, you know, previously, and I was like, well, you know, this isn't a winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eight, eight is probably the worst one. It, and you get your hopes up, because it's Jason Takes Manhattan, and it, it should be Jason Takes... An hour and 20 minutes to get to Manhattan. (laughs) Jason takes a sweet-ass time crossing the ferry into Manhattan. Somehow they take a boat from Crystal Lake in Illinois to Manhattan, New York, and they end up on the East Bank in Manhattan. Must have found a river that cut across New York. (laughs) That worked. That's probably why it took so long. Maybe they went down... Like through Pennsylvania, because they went from up. a. I don't know if Crystal Lake has even got a like a river that comes out of it. Yeah, because well. it seems pretty landlocked in every other movie. That's probably why Paramount got rid of it. Like, who wrote this shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to the deets here. Let's get to getting. Came out in the year of my birth, nineteen eighty-six. It was a good, solid year. Yeah, I don't go re- back to the first episode. Top five movies from her birth year, Jones and I did. I was 86 and he was 88. But. Yeah. Uh, so this was directed by Tom McLaughlin and stars Tom Matthews, T-H-O-M, Tom. Thome, Thom, it's Tom, right? Well, yeah. You say Tom. He's probably like, well, my name is Thomas, so I'll just take the A-S off. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Cook is Megan... David Kagan as Sheriff Garris, Kerry Noonan as Paula, Renee Jones as Sissy, Tom Fridley as Court, who's my favorite character in here, <laughs> C.J. Graham as Jason, although there was a, like a crew member was Jason for that at least one scene, I believe it was the paintball scene. Okay. We'll get to it in the trivia later, but um, there was another person who played Jason for one scene, but he was basically too big or too fat, body type didn't match up. Okay. I guess well enough, so they had C.J. Graham do it. Uh, Darcy DeMoss, or DeMoss as Nikki. Uh, Nancy McLaughlin, who's the wife of the director, played Elizabeth. Yep. Not very long, but she played her. Tony Goldwyn as Darren, as that was played her boyfriend in the movie. He's, he's the guy from uh, Kiss the Girls. Remember Kiss the Girls? Never saw it. I remember it, but I never saw it. They used the... Uh, one of the bad guys in there. Spoiler. That was a uh, it was Morgan Freeman, right? Yep. Ashley Judd. Didn't that character? Didn't they make a movie with Tyler Perry playing that character? Yeah, because they did. The first it was Kiss the Girls. Then along came a spider. Morgan Freeman reprises yeah. the role. And then you know, fifteen years later or so, they're like, "Well, Morgan Freeman, seventy something." <laughs> was Alex Cross? That's what yeah. it was. They're like, "Oh, well, Tyler Perry will do it." <laughs> He's got action star, thriller, detective did he, movie written Did he get to him. wear a dress in that movie? Fuck if I know. <laughs> Although he did some other series, though. He was in uh, Gone Girl. Yeah, and actually, I liked him in there, because as soon as I saw him, I was like, fucking A, Tyler Perry's in here. 
He's pretty good. He was in the Star Trek reboots. Oh, yeah, He's a I member don't. of like the council or whatever. I don't watch Star Trek, so. Gone Girl, I didn't like either, but let's yeah. get back to Jason Lives. Yeah. So, storyline. Tommy Jarvis goes to the graveyard to get rid of Jason Voorhees' body once and for all, but inadvertently brings him back to life instead. The newly revived killer once again seeks revenge, and Tommy may be the only one who can defeat him. Tommy Jarvis. Maybe. Famed adversary of Jason. Three straight movies, Tommy Jarvis was the the main uh, protagonist. Three different actors, too. Corey Feldman was the first Tommy Jarvis as a kid. Yep. And the second guy, he was asked to reprise his role as the grown-up Tommy Jarvis, but apparently he had like a, a Christian He was, he was born again, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was born again Christian, so he didn't want to do another Friday the 13th movie. He was yeah. not comfortable with it. So then they got a different guy to do it. Tom with a D-H. The sheriff's daughter who helps out Tommy Jarvis? Megan. Megan, okay, because I'm trying to find her on the uh, cast list here. Uh, Jennifer. Okay, so it is Jennifer Cook. Yeah, but Jennifer Cook is black. No, that picture's cropped. Oh, okay, that's why I went to the the profile. Just centers on her. <laughs> right? They crop she's, her out. She's like in the back. Oh, if you gotta like actually open it up. Yeah. She's on the far left. No, the far right. She's the blonde. Well, from her perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> that's how I describe pictures all the time, from the perspective of the person in it. Well, anyways. So the movie starts out, Tommy Jarvis and a buddy of his from the insane asylum, basically. Did you did you name him? Uh, Ron Palillo played the buddy. Okay. A.K.A. Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> And Tommy Jarvis has the bright idea of basically kill Jason again, send him to hell. Yeah, because he's freaking out. It's doesn't it's irrational. It just doesn't make any sense. And his buddy's like, "Well, isn't he dead? Like, what what more do you need? If you see him in a grave, it's not going to change anything. <laughs> yeah, change your. It's not um, going to change your um uh, hallucinations, yeah, hallucinations, and paranoia, and whatnot. But he's like, I got to do it. I got to make sure he's dead. And he's like, well, seeing him won't end it, but destroying him will. Yeah. He's like, I gotta send him to hell. He's like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? So like, you can't kill him; he's already dead. <laughs> so yeah, we get an irrational, I guess, MacGuffin or reason this story moves forward. Yeah. Um. So he goes. They go to the graveyard, dig up Jason, open up the casket, and he's maggots and worms and. And he starts going nuts. He grabs like part of a fence and he starts stabbing him. And yeah, there's a, the metal fence around the uh, the cemetery. He just pulls a post out and just <laughs> starts going to town on him, stabbing him in the chest with it. And then he gets it stuck in his chest. And uh, just coincidentally, there's a lightning storm. <laughs> of course. So obviously, the lightning hits the metal the, rod, the, yeah, the pole, and uh, brings Jason back to life. And as, like, worm, well, he still has, like, some worms and shit, but yeah. all of a sudden he's, like, not really decomposed anymore. Because it was basically <laughs> just, quite. like, a like dusty skeleton kind of covered in yeah. ratty clothes. And, his, and uh, Tommy, of course, brings the mask with, the famous hockey mask, and throws it down in the grave as Jason's laying down there with the metal rod in his chest mm-hmm. so he can just put his mask back on. <laughs> yeah. He was going to burn him. Yeah, he was going to burn them all. Yeah, he brought some gasoline and shit. He actually nice. throws some gas on Jason, but it's raining, so his matches get wet, and he can't, he can't mm-hmm. light them on fire. But uh, so then he, he lets his friend just get impaled in the chest. Yeah, he makes quick work of him. With uh, Actually, Jason punches a hole through his chest, <laughs> which was pretty sweet. Yeah. But So then Tommy just basically just runs off. <laughs> Well, do you want to talk about uh, the opening credits? Oh, that's right. I almost forgot. Yeah. So it's Jason, like... he, he punches a hole through Horshack's chest. Tommy runs off, and then he puts his mask on. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the They camera... zoom in into his eye. Yeah. And then, like, in the black of his eye, they do, like, a James Bond open. Yeah, it was a perfect gun barrel sequence from James Bond. <laughs> like, 
recreation. Yeah, with Jason it, walking across, and then he slashes the screen with his machete. And yeah, he walks across the screen to your left, and then he quick turns and slashes at the screen, and it's Friday the 13th, Part 6. <laughs> Jason, Jason lives. And then they get that blood, sweet intro music. It's like blood coming down, because in the Bond movies, I mean, the newer ones don't have a... A couple of them have the gun barrel sequence, but yeah. not all of them. Of the Craig Bonds, at least. But all the previous ones, they always do. They always start out with a gun barrel sequence. Yeah. You know, he always turns to his left, shoots, and then blood comes down. The barrel will shake yeah. like the person got hit, and then blood will come down. And rattle. It was like GoldenEye video game. You yeah. die, blood would go down the screen. So I thought that was a cool nod, and I was I was really taken aback. I'm like, did they just fucking do a James <laughs> Bond reference? Yeah. This movie just went up in my book. All these movies have the the sweetest uh, like throw to the opening credits. This one is no exception, but like all of them are sweet. And then they got just amazing intro music, you know, mm-hmm. for the, or you know, over uh, the credits. And speaking of the music, Alice Cooper has three songs in this movie. Yeah, he, including I'm surprised they got the rights to all those because he was big at the time. Well, he wrote the uh, the theme song for the end credits. Okay. Like specifically for this movie, because cool. it was the the man behind the mask or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. I have a, it's part of my trivia, so I have the song listings later. I know "Teenage Frankenstein" is one of the songs. Yeah, I can't remember what the one. other one was. But, but yeah, anyways. Uh, so yeah, awesome James Bond reference. Another thing I thought was funny when they first get to the gravesite. So they're standing over the grave, and like the whole time, you know, his buddy's like, you know, this is dumb. I shouldn't be <laughs> right. doing this. He's like, just wait a second. And he um, was like, really? Just wait a second while you dig up someone's grave? You're going to be there for fucking hours. Yeah. He's like, just hold on a second, quick. It's like, wait, what? Well, he, he dig up his grave. He gave him a shovel. He's like, you're helping me. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you didn't say how to dig up a grave. Yeah. I thought we were just going to, you know, light a fire or something. So he probably still thought that he was maybe just going to look at the grave. Yeah. I don't think he knew he was going to dig up just, the grave. Yeah, I don't think he knew he had the gas can either. <laughs> he was, that was a surprise. Well, he didn't realize till about halfway there that the mask was in the back seat uh, of the truck mm-hmm. when they were driving. He's like, oh, well, maybe we should not do this. <laughs> <laughs> just wait a second. <laughs> just got something to do real quick. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Tommy's still not well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's go to the clip where Tommy runs hysterically into the police station. I got you, please. You in show business, kid? You sure know how to make an entrance. Look, you got to do something. Jason's alive. He killed my friend, and now he's coming for me. You better cool out, boy. You already almost got your head blown off. Will you listen, damn it? Don't piss me off, Junior. I will repaint this office with your brains. Jason is alive. We dug up his body. I was going to cremate him. Hold it. Whoa. What's your name, son? Well, Tommy Jarvis, but look, we've got to do something. He's even more powerful now. Aren't you the kid whose mother and friends were killed by that maniac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason murdered him. You've been in some psychiatric clinic ever since, haven't you? What the hell's going on with the weather? Sorry, I didn't know you had No problem, Rick. I want you to meet a former resident here, Tommy Jarvis. He's got some kind of prank. Look, there's no time for this bullshit. Jason's got to be stopped right now. Hey! Hey! That's what's doing the books is screwing the pooch. Iron this punk. No way, you got to listen to me. Jason's coming here, he's after me. I tried to destroy him, but I fucked up. You got that right, punk. You listen to me. I'm sorry about what happened to you and your folks years ago, but no one in Forest Green wants to be reminded of what that maniac did here. That's why we changed the name. People want to forget this was Crystal Lake, and they don't need some kid stirring up Jason shit again. Now, you just lie down and get some rest. In the morning, I'll call that clinic. No, look, if you just go to the cemetery, you'll see I'm not lying. Either you get some sleep, or I'm going to come in there and put you out. You're going to be sorry you didn't listen to me. You're going to be sorry if you don't shut up. Take a nap, Junior. There could be like a top 10 list of just threatening lines that the sheriff <laughs> says to Tommy Jarvis for this movie. Right. Like every scene he's in, there's like two or three like metaphors for what he's going to do to him. You're going to repaint my office with your brains. <laughs> it's like, fuck, you're going to kill this kid? <laughs> right. Well, the, this scene is obviously for anybody who 
I had never seen any Friday the 13th movies before <laughs> this one because they explain who Tommy is, why he's going after Jason, why they changed the name of the town, <laughs> why nobody believes him. You know? <laughs> everything. It's got everything. <laughs> I like, too, that uh, the sheriff was asleep at his desk and Tommy uh, rushes in the, the door and the first thing the sheriff does is point his a shotgun at him yeah. and almost <laughs> blows his brains out just you know willy-nilly because they, they live in such a violent town i guess to be a little fair to the sheriff though tommy does often in this film act kind of like a little bitch yeah it's kind of annoying sometimes jason <laughs> i was talking to her earlier off air he sounded like david patrick kelly in the warriors right the warriors who's them this guy is cyrus them he had an accident he's jason he's live <laughs> trying to destroy him but i fucked up <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines i tried to destroy him but i fucked up uh, uh, i earned this guy that was the the you know slang for throw him in the the holding cell Mm-hmm. I earn them. Well, Tommy tries to grab a gun off the gun rack too. <laughs> like they just have the gun cabinet wide open, and he just like lunges and he gets one, but they take it away from him before he can do anything. Yeah, seems like a bad idea to just leave your gun cabinet open if you're at the sheriff's office. So yeah, after this exposition scene, pretty much the whole story is set up similar to most of the other Friday the Thirteenth movies with counselors driving a camp yeah like although this is the only friday the 13th that actually has children at the camp at least yeah at least while jason's killing people most yeah most of them happen like the day before the kids show up yeah it's always when the counselors show up and they all end up dying yeah because he hates counselors (laughs) yeah well they weren't fucking paying attention to him and he drowned yeah or did he well (laughs) (laughs) well you find out Later, that the only way they can kill Jason is if they bring him back to where he drowned. Or just leave him buried after you killed him <laughs> and not electrocute him back to life. Right? Like, he was dead for a whole movie, dude. <laughs> Several times. No, but literally, he was dead for the whole movie before this one. Yeah. Because it was at five where it's not Jason? Right, yeah. Okay, yeah, it was that guy. Because four is the final chapter where, where Tommy finally kills him, and then mm-hmm. five is... Some dude pretending to be Jason. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, if you you're if you're on six, you should yeah. probably know that. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't really ruin anything because it's he still acts like Jason. It's just not him. Yeah. So that brings us to our next clip, which is two of the counselors driving to the camp, and it's the guy from Kiss the Girls and the director's wife. And these are the head counselors. So, oh, yeah, head honchos. So if they don't make it to the camp, you know, everybody's just at a loss of what to do. They can't How do handle, you run a summer camp? They can't handle all these kids. It'll be anarchy. I know. <laughs> Will you take it easy? It's hard enough to read this thing. Well, who told me to take this cow path? Wait a minute. You admit the sign did say Camp Forest Green with an arrow pointing this way. I admit nothing without talking to my lawyer. Told you we should have left a trail of breadcrumbs. Don't start. (laughs) Ugh, so much for the head counselors ever getting back to the camp on their own. I say we stop the car, get out, and start screaming for help. I was just kidding, Elizabeth. Darren, we better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. wanted to point that out because it's uh, one of the many examples of this film being pretty meta right there's a few moments in here and it also the trivia that we'll get to later the screenwriter for scream listed this as a big influence right on him writing scream so obviously that's like the meta horror film and all meta horror films um at least for slashers yep but uh yeah i was surprised at the meta content in this movie not expecting that from a Friday the 13th, part six. I mean, by the time they get to part six, they kind of, you know, have to kind of laugh at themselves. Yeah. But you, you wouldn't think they'd be that self-aware in 86 to do it. Yeah. Uh, it was a little ahead of its time, I guess. But yeah. 
But so, I, yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. You know, I've seen enough horror movies to know that <laughs> weirdos and masks aren't friendly. Yeah, <laughs> There's only like uh, since after this, they kind of, you know, sevens. Seven isn't really met at all, and seven's not that great. But it's at least it's better than eight. Yeah, seven. Bad. I think they were trying to like change, like do an offshoot in a new direction because they have. Uh, they keep on going in the future. Yeah. Except it still looks like, you know, mid-80s. <laughs> like, I think this one was supposedly, like, 1991 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I saw 1990. Yeah, and then the next one's, like, 15 years later, <laughs> you know? And uh, the next one's actually about a psychic who <laughs> resurrects Jason by mistake. Yeah. Uh, so After I, killing her dad. Yeah, I think that one was supposed to be more of a... Like setting up for like a spinoff or an offshoot, yeah. and it didn't really work. Because I think they, I read they had a, a TV series, Friday the Thirteenth TV series, and yep. like number seven was either like kind of a lead into that or like a spinoff of the series, mm-hmm. or and it was meant to like build on the Friday the Thirteenth franchise away from Jason, mm. and it didn't really work. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, uh, Corey Feldman in four, when he kills Jason, yeah. that was like kind of like the end of it. And then and that was the in final. five, yeah. he's like, Oh, Tommy Jarvis has grown up. So that's like at least like 10 years after the fourth. Right. So then, so and then this the one, is... one was in 84, I believe, which wouldn't make sense if this is 1990. Yeah. Cause they said it was three consecutive years. So it was 84, 85, 86. So four five six in those three years see the timeline doesn't really make sense even if it's 1990 yeah because that's this is supposed to be after five which five should be taking place in about 94 well i'm thinking he was probably about 12 in uh the fourth one 12 or 13 maybe so maybe they say he was 13 in that one and then five years later he's 18 and then this one's either the same year as number five or the okay. year after. So, so that would kind of get you. Way, but that would kind of like get Corey you to Feldman was supposed to be younger than 13. Yeah. He was probably, I think he was about that age, maybe you know, 12 or 13. We'll stretch it for the Jason timeline. So, but yeah, then uh, number seven is like 2005. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then number eight, it's just like, well, it's just happening whenever. <laughs> whatever but uh so let's get to well do you want to talk about what happened to the the head counselors they just oh, that's right ran into a weirdo in a mask in the woods yeah and they they kept trying to back up and they, they get stuck and then they try to drive forward and oh we're gonna scare him watch this we're gonna drive at him and he's gonna get out of the way that didn't work hey jason shoots that pole like through the frame of the car into yeah. the tire yeah he, he punctures the tire through the fender yeah which is pretty impressive <laughs> they got an old volkswagen beetle but it's still pretty impressive and then he goes through the window which in real life actually almost killed the director's wife almost impaled her through the head because <laughs> yeah he threw it through the windshield and like ricocheted like yeah like glanced from the angle of the windshield and moved it its direction yeah so i barely missed her head apparently yeah, because I think he was trying to throw it at the other side, and then because it hit the windshield weird, it ended up going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And uh, they should have probably just taken her out of the car. Yeah. Because <laughs> they filmed it from inside the car. Mm-hmm. So Because the boyfriend's out. He has a gun. He's going to show Jason <laughs> what's up. And he gets pole vaulted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With that pole. That was pretty fucking sweet. Most of the kills are pretty sweet in this. Yeah. Like, they're pretty always, creative. They always try to be creative with these Friday the 13th ones. Whereas, like, some of the other slashers, it's all, you know, Michael Myers is just stabbing people constantly, yeah. pretty much. And Friday, or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, is kind of just slashing people. Although, he does come up with some creative ways in the dreams. Yeah. But, yeah, this one is, like, obvious. They're trying to go for, sometimes it's going for kind of jokes. Other times it's going for scares. Yeah. That type of thing. So Jarvis gets the cops out at the um, cemetery. Yeah, they were going to escort him to the county line, but he uh, he 
uh, instead of going to the county line, he went to the cemetery mm-hmm. so they'd chase him down. Yeah, I actually have two clips because I have the caretaker of the cemetery is a bit of a character, and he's the one who finds it. And it's like, oh shit! I better cover up this grave. Yeah, he, they show up. He's he's uh, worried that they're gonna blame him for somebody uh, stealing the grave. And what's funny about it too is, uh, so when Jason killed Tommy's friend at the beginning, his friend fell into the the coffin. Mm-hmm. And so when the caretaker sees it, he's like, oh, they didn't even fucking put him back right. Yeah, because his foot's sticking out. <laughs> yeah, of the of the, the co- cover. Yeah. All right, well, here's uh, the two clips of the caretaker at the cemetery. Shit. Shit. I know I'm going to get blamed for this. Say, old Martin ain't a good caretaker. I'm a damn high school graduate. I deserve this job. I earned it. Nobody's going to find out. Shitheads couldn't even stick him back in right well, I ain't gonna touch this slimy sucker. Why'd I have to go and dig up Jason? Some folks have a strange idea of entertainment. Yeah, he says that as he's looking directly <laughs> right. pretty much into the camera. So yeah. look into the audience. Some so people have a strange uh, idea of entertainment. Yeah. So I'm a goddamn high school graduate. Yeah, graduate. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always got a whiskey bottle. He's always. You know, taking a sip. He fucking earned that job, okay? <laughs> Nobody's going to pry it, that shovel out of his cold, dead hands. He graduated high school, and he doesn't have to take shit from nobody. So he covers up the grave, and then this is a clip of when Tommy and the sheriff and his deputy get there. I'm going to listen to you, kid. I got I to gotta show you Jason's grave. I've seen it. Come on, get up. Get up. Please, sheriff. You'll see we dug it up. Well... He must have got chilly in the night and pulled the dirt back over. That's not right. Somebody covered it over. I gotta see it. Freeze it, psycho. Now see what you've done. You made my deputy draw his revolver. He's been dying to try out his mail-order laser scope. Wherever the red dot goes, you bang. What's the problem, Sheriff? No problem, Martin. Just a vagrant kid. We got it under control. Did you cover up Jason's grave? What? What are you talking about? Don't concern yourself, Martin. This kid needs treatment. Jason's not in his grave, how's this? Dig it up! You gotta dig it up! You gotta dig it up! <sighs> dig him up? <laughs> Does he think I'm a farthead? <laughs> <laughs> I saw some stupid piece of trivia on IMDb that said this is the only time in the Friday the 13th franchise that the word fart is uttered really somebody fucking wrote that there were more thumbs up than thumbs down too it's like yes this was helpful (laughs) (laughs) i Uh, found that interesting it's like well actually i went through painstakingly (laughs) went through the the entire franchise i bought all the screenplays online and uh yeah oh that that laser scope too Oh, that was the biggest fucking attachment I've ever seen. And like the dumbest line, you bang. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? And what confuses me is because we'll talk about later, but at the end when uh, Megan breaks Tommy Jarvis out of jail, uh, she takes the gun and points it at him. And uh, doesn't she say that line? You bang. And I'm like, how the fuck does she know about that line? I can't remember. She might have. I don't know if Tommy said it. Still behind the bars, maybe, but if she did, I didn't, I didn't think of that that she wasn't there. When maybe he's yeah. just going around saying that. Yeah, there might be a second time that he says it later in the police station, but he's the uh, stereotypical dumb deputy. Mm-hmm. Like, has there ever been a smart deputy? I don't think so. Like they're <laughs> all dumb, and I think it's uh, Andy Griffith's fault. <laughs> you know. Him and Don Knotts, yeah. they just started that trope of the deputy's got to be a retard. But uh, at least he doesn't have his one bullet in his shirt pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, fart head obviously is not going to dig up the grave. <laughs> I love this caretaker, though. He's so funny. And uh, so next, it pretty much cuts to 
the kids arrive at camp and all the counselors are trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to do with them. They're delegating the duties. You know, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And uh, court is teaching them. They, they say sports, but they're like, well, he's teaching them Boy Scouting, which is like, it's not a fucking yeah, sport. But right. anyway, he's teaching them to be a Boy Scout. But uh, my favorite dialogue from the whole film is Court explaining what Indian markers are. So this is... Do you want to describe what Court looks like, though? Let's see. He's got typical 80s hair. It's a little bit like a mullet, but not much. It's the shorter, curly kind of mullet. Where yeah. It's pretty close, although it is a little shaggier in the back. Um, kind of like a half-assed mullet. He's kind of like the little bit of a stereotypical jock. Uh, more of like a stoner type of jock yeah. type character. Uh, he's always got like headphones on, listening to music, and he's like the, I guess they he'd be like the hot guy in the group, right. pretty much. But he's got one earring, and he always wears a, a, a crop top. Yeah, he always wears a, a cut off shirt. Yeah, he's my favorite character in here. <laughs> Court's the man, but uh, this is him <laughs> explaining Indian markers to children. Listen, you obviously don't know anything about Indians, okay? Probably none of you do. Look, here's a story. These are called Indian markers, okay? Let's just say you have a chief, right? And he dumps his squaw or his wife or whatever, and he decides, hey, I'm going to pick up with another one. I'm going to take off with her. So he takes off, leaving his son with the mother, and all of a sudden, you know, a week or two later, the son wants to catch up with his dad, right? He wants to learn how to shoot a bow, stuff, you know, kill buffalo, whatever these guys do. So what happens is he comes along, sees the rocks, says, Dad, he, he went that way, obviously. And so what happens is he comes up, knocks them all down before the mother catches up because she doesn't, he doesn't want to see any of her anymore. So, um, you know, pretty much that's the basic story. Tells you where they go. If this is as exciting as it gets, we're in big trouble, dude. Big trouble, dude. Oh, those, those two kids are always making smart remarks, too. <laughs> we'll get to one later, but. Yeah, God, there's always something. Of course, so fucking funny, you know. Um, you know, if he wants to shoot a bow, kill buffalo, you know, whatever these guys do. <laughs> What's the you know dump the squires wife or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, like what he's talking about isn't all that inaccurate, but the way he's describing it, the words he uses are just totally right. fucking incorrect. <laughs> the way he's like what he's saying is pretty or like kind of true, but the way he says it is just yeah. completely not true. Ignorant, yeah, fucking hilarious. Um. I think we missed the paintball game. Did we miss the paintball game? Yeah, there was a. It looked like it was, it was like a work retreat. It was like thing. an insurance company uh, executive work retreat or something, like team building type thing. Yeah, these two guys are out in the woods. And and there's one guy's really into it, and the other guy just wants a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason comes along, and so they they get the. Uh, uh, shot by a, a female exec, uh, executive. Who they thought had already been dead. <laughs> and uh, they, they get pissed. And then there's some other guy who's kind of off on his own doing his like commando shit, rolling around and hiding behind bushes and trees. Mm-hmm. And he's got a machete. And uh, luckily for Jason, he gets to that guy first. Got to get his machete. <laughs> and back. now he's got a machete. Yep. And then he dispatches of the next two guys after they shoot him a couple times with the paintball gun. Right. I think he uh, he beheaded three of them at once, didn't he? Mm. I think they, he did a three for one. I can't remember because I thought it was just the two guys that were together. Well, they were being escorted by the woman because she oh, had killed right. them. Yep. And I think he got all three of them. Just plopped their heads off. Yeah, body count in this movie, 18. I didn't see it on this movie, but I know there was one of the sequels that I read that the production company required them to do at least one kill every either five or ten minutes. Okay. And uh, I think they did pretty good on this one, uh, <laughs> keeping that uh, that ratio of at least one person dying on screen every, like, 10 minutes or less. Yeah, the movie is 86 minutes, which it's the shortest movie in the franchise. Yeah. So 18 kills, what's 86 divided by 18? And you could say it's even... It's a lot of quick math. That 84, know. you know, counting for credits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty quick. It's less than 10 minutes. So that was a pretty... It didn't make a whole lot of sense, <laughs> to be honest, that they had this paintball game going on. Yeah, well, they just threw a, 
a reason to get uh, his machete. Yeah, is what they used it for. But and then there was another couple that was just camping out and. Yeah, that was the uh, they're drinking champagne and like a picnic, and she's trying to convince him to have sex, and he's like, "No, I just, we're just worked out, or I'm not feeling too good. Yeah, I'm kind of tired." And and I think he had just proposed to her. They were dressed up. I, I think he just gave her a ring. He just put a ring on it. <laughs> All <laughs> single ladies. And then he didn't want to, you know, do it. But then she convinced him. Yeah, they're oh yeah, fuck it, let's do this. <laughs> Jason uh, got them two for one. Yeah. Uh, the caretaker was in there too. Uh, yeah, he was just before that. He was he was drinking his whiskey bottle. He says, "You'll be the death of me, <laughs> darling, Christine. <laughs> you'll be the death of me." He calls it like Christine and darling. Yeah. Did you get that clip or no? No, I didn't. Just because it was some of the audio wasn't it was just all him. that clear. It was just him getting lost. Yeah. On the like a path in the woods. And then uh, he throws the, after he empties it in his mouth. He just throws it up over his shoulder and he's waiting for it to hit the ground and it never hits the ground. Yeah. Because Jason, Jason catches it and then he breaks in his hand and then he stabs the guy with his whiskey bottle. Yeah, like right in the neck. And it's literally the death of him. <laughs> <laughs> Another meta moment. <laughs> whiskey, you'll be the death of me. After that, there's some scenes like at the police station. When uh, the sheriff's daughter, like her friends, show up and Tommy's in jail, yeah, it's kind of where they, like they kind of first talk. Well, and they're they're worried about their friend Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who's got a weird name. Why isn't it Elizabeth? Yeah, Elizabeth Salander, girl with the dragon tattoo. Her name's Elizabeth. Is she a real person? No, but neither <laughs> is this one. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. It's a fucking movie, Wolfie. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, she takes quite the shining, uh, the sheriff's daughter does, uh, to Tommy Jarvis and pretty much just believes him right away. <laughs> Which is funny because her dad's just like, just stay away from him. You know, he's a mental patient. He's nuts. You know, and obviously she's going to do the opposite of what her dad wants. Yeah. Got to rebel. Well, especially because her mom's dead. Mm-hmm. Why is there always a dead parent in these movies? I don't get it. I guess nope. they didn't want to write the sheriff's wife into the movie. <laughs> We only have so many lines that we can give people. Like, I don't know how to write for sheriff's wives. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the main girl, she's uh, she's a real go-getter. Always trying to yeah, rebel against her dad at every every moment, every chance she gets. Yeah. So, where do we go to next? Jason finally kind of gets to the camp. So, you want to talk about the RV? Yeah, we could talk about that. That RV was a rockin'. Yeah, which is also notable about this movie um, being the shortest Friday the 13th. There's also no nudity. Yeah. Uh, there's three sex scenes, but no nudity. Which is uh, very uh, out of character for Friday the 13th. Yeah. And all slashers in the 80s. Yeah. So it's like, where, where are the tits? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of cool that they don't have nudity in this one just because it's like, well, why the fuck don't they have nudity? Yeah. It's like, it sets it apart from the others. I mean, you don't really notice it, honestly, like, unless you're going in looking for it. It's almost like, like it, gives, it doesn't take away from the movie. Yeah. It gives like a little more credit to like the meta-ness of the movie. You're like, hey, these guys were actually like, they didn't just stumble into this being a decent movie. Yeah. Or some of it was pretty well thought out. Yeah. With the meta nature and then certain things like, yeah, but they didn't just throw tits around. Right. Even though they could have, because that would have been... They easily could have. Poking fun at the previous installments, just have, you know, titties willy-nilly, but... Yeah. This will change the pace, I suppose. Yeah. So, Court's in the RV, and it's rocking. Yeah, as he's cause... listening to music. <laughs> he's got a girl riding on top of him, and she's like, don't finish yet. Wait till the, wait till the song's over. <laughs> he's like, how long? Two more minutes. He's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> You want me to throw this into the tub when White Rabbit peaks? <laughs> huh. Sure. What are friends for, man? So, <laughs> so he's like just trying to hold on. He's trying to to not finish. And Jason cuts their power cord, and uh, all the power goes out in the RV, and and he finishes. And he's like, "What the fuck? Like, was it the song over?" <laughs> <laughs> this guy Court. Yeah. Oh man. 
Who See, Jason was outside and he sliced the power cord. Yeah. So they go out to investigate. They're looking around. And while they're looking around, Jason. There's a goes, couple false jump scares outside because yeah. uh, I think she goes out to look and then Court just pops up behind her. Yeah. And scares uh, her. And anyways, yeah, he sneaks in unbeknownst to them. Yeah. And he's so, hiding in the bathroom. So they decide to drive off because it's her, uh, it's the girl's uncle's RV and she can't let him know that she uh, she had taken it. Well, that and the, they found the electrical cord sliced and yeah. cut by someone or something. So they're like, eh, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get out of there. And Cord's driving and he's driving like a fucking maniac. Blasting the music. Like, I never drove a house before. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. He's yeah. got some good pickup for a house. <laughs> <laughs> And, they like, were, the girl's, like, going, she's, like, trying to walk around in the back, and she's just, like, falling over. And, yeah. And then uh, Jason pops out of the, the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And she's walking up. <laughs> yeah. Snatches her in there, and he just assumed that she went to the bathroom. He's like, what are you doing, thinking of shit? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, turn this up louder, yeah. <laughs> Listen to this part, yeah. He's just rocking out. I think that's when they were playing Teenage Frankenstein. Was yeah. He was driving the RV. But Jason puts the, the girl's face through the wall. That was a really cool shot because <laughs> it was like like through the metal. Yeah. What do you call those things that you'd see at like specialty shops that would have all those pins? So like you put your hand I know and all the ta- pins would I don't know up. what they're called, but I, I know what you're talking about. kind of looked like that. Yeah. Like her face was imprinted through the, the like, thin metal wall of the bathroom. Right. So that was pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, he put the machete through Court's face. Well, also through the cool. side of his head <laughs> as he's going about 60 miles an hour down the highway. <laughs> yeah, it was like Dark night when Two-Face shoots the driver. Right. And Jason doesn't even put on a seatbelt. He just, eh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like standing next to him, puts the machete through his head, and then the- they're he, going like 60. Yeah, then he, the RV just flips because nobody's driving it. Because <laughs> that's what, when there's nobody on the wheel, that's what things do. They just flip. <laughs> Well, if any, he might have fallen on the wheel and turned it. Yeah. But, yeah, it was pretty impressive. And then Jason just gets out and the whole thing's on fire. And mm-hmm. Jason doesn't give a fuck. He's fucking Jason. Uh, so, yeah, then he gets out. And then that's when he finally gets to the camp. Kind of one by one, he's learned people out. Because a lot of the girl counselors think the men are playing jokes on him. Yeah. Not. So there's a couple of them that go out. There's a. Uh, there's a little girl's cabin and like a little boy's cabin. Like the little girl actually sees Jason after one of the kills walking by the window. Yeah. So she goes to talk to one of the counselors. And, you know, I saw something and I saw scared. a monster. <laughs> they convince her it's just a nightmare. He didn't see anything. Because he had killed uh, the. Like in Monster Squad. Name, but it was the, the black woman, the black uh, counselor. She gets. She gets a first. It's like the black guy dies first. I mean, she doesn't die first, but her name was Sissy, which uh, that was Sissy. Okay. Yeah, he pulled her out the window, and then they didn't really show her dying, but you uh, you tell she was dead. Yeah. But uh, I was gonna say, like them convincing the girl it was just a nightmare reminded me of uh, Monster Squad in our last episode when the kid had the mummy in his closet and the dad. <laughs> Opens the closet, doesn't look, and says, look, there's nobody there. <laughs> Go back to bed. <laughs> Go back to bed, kid. So that kind of reminded me of that. But, uh, yeah, this little girl, she's the only one that's seen Jason, and they're all convincing her that she hasn't seen him. Mm-hmm. But uh, So they put her back to bed. Then once the counselor gets back to her cabin, doors opening, things like that, she's spooked, and all of a sudden Jason you know, kind of comes out of nowhere and kills her. Yeah. Bloodies up that room something awful oh my goodness (laughs) he threw her around a a little bit because like he threw her through the window and then he pulled her back in yeah he's like i'm not done with you (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna paint this room with your blood maybe he's just a callback to what the sheriff was talking about could be you know well then uh megan uh during the whole time she uh she hatches a plan to break uh tommy out of the holding cell yeah that's where she grabs the gun from the stupid deputy and points at him and yeah she got grounded to the sheriff's station or something which is weird after because they get a report of that couple that was killed or even it might have even been court 
Cause like, oh, Dad, when did it happen? Yeah. He's like, I don't know, like seven thirty, eight o'clock. And Tommy was with me all that time, Dad. And he's just like, well, you stay here. <laughs> We're gonna go look. Keep an eye yeah. on him. Cause they drove Tommy out to the state or the county line, and then Tommy came back, and then they put him in the the cell, and then uh, she got grounded, and they ended up breaking out and. She got a sweet ride. What was she driving? Was that a it was a Camaro? Camaro, I think so. But yeah, she's driving uh, on a sheriff's salary. Yeah, right. And I that's mean, her car. She ain't work. I mean, she ain't making much at the uh, at summer the camp. camp. Yeah, <laughs> especially on her first day. I don't that they paid her in advance. Yeah, and it's like, well, you're working for a month of the summer, so <laughs> if that. <laughs> but I like the she's driving them out to the camp or whatever. And uh, she's like, get down. So, like, the whole time his face is in her crotch, and they keep doing the close-ups on her crotch. Yeah, there was a roadblock in front of him. And he's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, like, sitting down there the whole time, just staring at her punani. Yeah. And uh, eventually she gets uh, stopped and uh, has to fess up. Yep. But... But are they interrupted by screams from the camp? Is that how they end up going to the camp? I can't remember. Because they all, sheriff and everybody, they all end up at the camp. I think, uh, oh, what happened? So the chase was before she got, before they locked the the deputy up. Because he he gets uh, taken to the state or the county line and then he comes back and he calls her from the convenience store and then she goes and picks him up. Mm-hmm. And then they do the chase, and then they they put him in the jail, mm-hmm. and uh, then they break out, and then she or he drives. Now he's like, I'm driving. Yeah, and, and he I, drives them to the camp. I think they went to the camp because they had so many counselors die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Court's dad, uh, Elizabeth's dad. <laughs> we should probably check out that camp. Yeah. So they go there, check it out, and. Uh, the cops were there, you know, still before them. And there was the one cop that was checking out the dock, and Jason gets him with, like, an arrowhead. He throws, like, an arrowhead at him and hits him yeah. right in the head. I believe it was an arrow, like a, like the top half yeah. of an arrow that he throws. Yeah, I can't remember what he like. threw. But, yeah, and then he lands in the boat. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's uh, you know, for later for Tommy to to stumble into. And then which cop is shooting him with the with the pistol? Revolver? I think it was the sheriff was shooting him. Well, sheriff had a shotgun. Oh, it was that other dude that was. Because just... I thought it was weird that he shot him in like the face, but like his mask stopped the bullet. And I was like, <laughs> since when a hockey mask fucking stop bullets now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the sheriff had the shotgun. It was the other guy. Uh, I think he wasn't the deputy, but he ratted out the the daughter or something. Yeah, there was a couple of cops with the sheriff that wasn't the deputy. I think he was like a city shot, a city cop or state cop. Maybe. Yeah. They had different uniforms. Cause I don't, he wasn't a sheriff, sheriff's deputy, but he got his head smashed. Yeah. Pretty good. And the sheriff got bent backwards, which was really sweet. He wasn't expecting that. Like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got inverted. Oh my God. Good stuff. I think how, yeah, because the sheriff was shooting him with the shotgun, and Jason kept falling back and then sitting up, and he gets shot again, and he fall back, and he sit up. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Undertaker t- stole that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, so he kills the sheriff. And uh, Jason briefly goes into the little kid's room that they're hiding out in, but I do have a clip from just before that. Uh, the counselors had rounded up the kids when they fig- finally figured out that something's going on. Yeah. And they had them all hide in this one cabin. Um, those two boys from the court clip earlier. Yeah. Um, they're talking to each other and they're like, you know, we're dead meat. And then they hear some well, screams and uh, whatnot from outside. So Megan comes in and they're like, oh, here she is. And then uh, she's like, go hide again. I'm going to go get my dad. <laughs> and so she runs to uh, where the police cars are parked and she opens the door gets a surprise and it's sissy's head yeah and so the kids hear her screaming at the sight of a, you know a chopped off head and this is their reply 
real dead meat. So, what were you going to be when you grew up? Kids are just so it's, lackadaisical with their lives. such a great line. Like, they just... <laughs> Like, we're fucked anyways. Like, <laughs> there's no point of being scared. You like, know. if they were older, they'd probably just, like, pull out a cigarette, light it up, yeah. and grab something to drink real quick. So what were you going to be when you... <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to do with your free time if you weren't going to about to die? Yeah. Like, what were your dreams? What was your dream occupation? <laughs> so, uh... Um, but, like, Jason, like, just... In most of the movies, Jay, there's at least one scene where Jason just walks through a door or a wall or a window. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he walks through the door into the kid's cabin. And then uh, all the kids are like screaming and running away. And then Tommy's down at the lake and he's yelling for Jason. You know, I'm the one you want. I'm the mm-hmm. one you want. And then Jason just like walks through a window to get out of his <laughs> cabin. <laughs> Cause he had uh, he started to strangle or kill Megan, yeah. And then Tommy's yelling on Jason, "It's me you want!" And he just kind of like, "Oh, you know, fuck you." Like, I don't oh, care. Yeah. That's right. He's the one that killed me. So he lures him down the lake. He's got a giant fucking chain. He's dragged a a big rock with him, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's taking his sweet time setting up the trap. Because <laughs> uh, Jason just starts walking. Yeah, like through the water, just like <laughs> to where the boat is. He's not a swimmer. <laughs> no, obviously. And he's uh, he just walks under the water. Like he just keeps yeah. walking. Cause it gets too deep. Yeah, that and he can't stay afloat anymore. So he just continues to walk across <laughs> the bottom of the lake until he's underneath the boat. And, and then, Tommy's like spreading gas all around because he can't see him. He's waiting for yeah. him. Yeah, he's like oh, I can't see him. I'll spread the gas around and light it on fire. So he does, and then Jason pops up. Yeah. They struggle for a while. Gets him from behind. But then he ends up getting the chain around Jason's neck, mm-hmm. throws the rock in, and uh, Jason so, continues to struggle. Yeah. Cause until they, the boat finally breaks. Well, he, yeah, he pulled Tommy under with him. That's right. And then, uh, how did, uh, didn't uh, Megan get in there? Yeah, Megan jumps in the lake to go save Tommy. And mm-hmm. she's there trying to pull the cord on the outboard motor. And she finally gets that sucker started. Yeah. Because Jason's still struggling underwater. He's he's got a death grip on Tommy, uh, Tommy's leg. So Tommy's underwater, too. Mm -hmm. And then the the boat motor just eats up Jason's uh, neck and chest and whatnot. Yeah. Finally. That's kind of how it, quote unquote, kills him. Yeah. Finally gets him uh, to just stop fighting. He wouldn't uh, be revived until some telekinesis powers in the seventh one <laughs> from a little girl. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, she revives him, Tommy, on the uh, beach pretty easily, if you ask me. Yeah, was, uh, they don't do mouth-to-mouth anymore, but she did mouth-to-mouth. Yeah. Some poorly executed chest compressions. Not real good CPR. Especially since she's a camp counselor, she should be CPR certified. Although the movie does end, the final shot is of on Jason, like a close up, and it's on his yeah. eye, and it's like it looks like he's alive. Yeah, that's like the last. Like shot. he, yeah, he just like shoots his eyes open, like you know he's still there. Yeah. So credits. Jason lives. And they don't disappoint. They follow through on their premise of the title. Yeah. He does live. He lives. From about five minutes in till all the way to the end. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I uh, was surprised how much I like this movie. Like I said, it is probably my favorite. So I kind of just expected these movies to kind of just get shittier and shittier with each installment. But this one really surprised me. Yeah. A lot of fun. Like I said, there's no nudity. Pretty meta. So I'd say it's a solid solid movie i call it a wtm eventually agreed i would agree with that um let's get into some trivia here so some of the stuff we mentioned earlier but we'll just go over it again so the three alice cooper songs i talked about uh teenage frankenstein hard rock summer which was in that high speed chase and then uh, yeah he's back parentheses the man behind the mask in the end credits I thought this was interesting. Uh, actress Carrie Noonan 
I forget which character she played, but she auditioned for a film called Birthday Bash, in which serial killer Ethan goes against a girl with telekinetic powers. And during the audition, she says, this is a Friday the 13th movie, because I've already done one of those. And they're like, yep. <laughs> they like, yep, thanks for coming. Because, yeah, apparently, well, I mean, that was the working title, because yeah. they didn't want to, to be spoiled. And I think they did that for most of the movies. Yeah. Uh, they just had a fake title and then they gave jason a, a different name apparently they're all what david bowie albums That's what uh, I, read. I can't remember if that was it there was another one that was about david bowie stuff yeah i believe they're all i mean most of the working titles i mean i don't know what they all were for each installment but apparently some of them were named after david bowie album titles yeah because i think they said this one had uh that album was in the background in one of the scenes Whatever they called this uh, as a working title. Uh, oh, ju- yeah. This one is Aladdin Sane. Yep. Was the uh, the working title, which was a David Bowie album. Uh, the director, Tom McLaughlin, took some of the props from the film, including Jason's tombstone, which sits outside his house, uh, made to look like Jason is buried in his yard, and his casket, which sits in his garage. Uh, the DVD box set includes a scene in which he shows off these props at his home. And tells of how a city employee refused to enter his yard to read the meter because he thought a body was buried there. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, years after the release of the film, Kevin Williamson told director Tom McLaughlin that this film had a huge influence on him growing up and helped inspire him to write his blockbuster slasher film, Scream. So Kevin Williamson was the screenwriter. And yeah, you could see where he got some of the meta elements Perhaps, you know, the ideas for the meta parts of Scream, maybe from this film. Right. Because I think, uh, I can't remember, there were some parts where they're like, oh yeah, uh, it wasn't quite as obvious as Scream, where it's like, oh yeah, I've seen enough horror movies that you do this or that, but Mm -hmm. there were some things like that where, yeah, like, oh yeah, we got to do this to, you know, get away from them. Yeah, and also like Scream, this movie pays homage to a lot of previous horror works. Uh, the film contains numerous references to other horror films and or people connected with them. Megan mentions Cunningham Road, a reference to Sean S. Cunningham, who directed the original Friday the 13th and creator of the series. While Tommy mentions a grocery store called Karloff's, an homage to actor Boris Karloff. As well as this Sheriff Garris uh, mentions a town called Carpenter, of course a reference to John Carpenter, director of Halloween. Uh, named Sissy is maybe a reference to Sissy Spacek from Carrie, uh, which is also based on a novel by Stephen King. Also, Sissy wears a jacket with the name Baker on the back, possibly reference to Angela Baker from Sleepaway Camp. So yeah, listen to our... That's one of our favorites yes. here at WTM. <laughs> yeah, listen to our Sleepaway Camp episode. At least Jones, you weren't on that one, but Jones and I were. No, I, I watched it after that one, after you guys had recorded. Mm-hmm love sleepaway camp <laughs> it's on youtube still i think yeah probably for free I and believe, it's a decent quality because that's where i saw still. it the first time yeah i don't know if you could get you know much better quality than what they have because it was obviously early 80s mm-hmm. and even the dvd or blu-ray isn't especially great yeah well blu-ray is pretty good quality but anyways but the source isn't exactly the best quality it was a low budget early 80s you know horror movie so yeah this is what i was talking about cj graham playing jason um the original actor played jason was fired for being too fat apparently they recast the part with cj graham a restaurant manager with no stunt experience but he had a military background as an army soldier they made him perfect to take orders and execute stunts with military precision Bradley's paintball scenes were not reshot, uh, meaning he does not play or he does play Jason for a very brief part of the film. After that point, it's all CJ Graham. So it looks like that paintball scene must have been the only one without CJ Graham. I forget. I saw one. I thought it said the uh, the guy who played Jason in the previous movie uh, declined to reprise the role. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he later regretted it. Yeah. Well, there's been so many fucking people that have played Jason. Yeah. Well, when you have, you know, a mask on, all you got to do is 
be a big guy. No lines. I forget which one is coming to Crypticon this year. Uh, one of them. I'm not. It might actually be CJ Graham. I know it's adjacent from one of the middle entries. Okay. But yeah, because they usually get one or two Jasons every year. Is Kane Hodder played Jason for? Would that be Jason X and like the newer ones? Yeah. I'm trying to think. He might have been in seven or eight. Yeah, I better make sure. I don't want to mess up Mr. Hotter's resume. Is it, uh, Hotter was at the... I didn't go to last year's Crypticon, but the year before I was there and Kane Hotter was there. So he was in yeah, Jason X. Yeah, he was also in the Hatchet movies. I remember that. Or at least Hatchet. Yeah, Hatchet 2, 3. I'm guessing 1. Yeah, he was in the first one, I think. I thought it was based on that book by the guy that wrote White Fang. <laughs> I forget. I forget what that author's name is. So I think we read that in school. Yep. So Jason goes to hell. He was the Jason in there. He also played security guard number two and Freddy Krueger's arm in Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> Freddy Krueger's arm. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Jason Goes to Hell yet, so I didn't know. I didn't know Freddy, Freddy was in there. I didn't yeah. know that. Did not know that. They need to put that on Encore to complete the series. Yeah, those assholes trying to watch it for free. <laughs> so, yep, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan and The New Blood. So, it looks like he did 7, 8, 9, 10. So, yeah, he was, I guess people kind of consider him the main Jason just because he did it the longest. Yeah. Anywho, I think that does it about, or that about does it for the... Fun facts, but you got anything else? No. I want to say about this film? I just say uh, all these uh, Friday the 13th sequels are pretty fun. Um, This one's really good. Uh, Three and four are really good. Yeah, three is a whole lot lot of fun with the 3D aspect. Yeah, even if you don't watch it in 3D, it's fun because they... uh, They'll just put shit into the camera, you know, specifically for the 3D effect. And mm-hmm. even when it, you're not watching 3D, it's it's pretty hilarious because yeah. it's so obvious. Um, but I, like I said, all of them are pretty good. Uh, you're probably going to want to watch them in order because they mostly for, you know, except for a couple of them, start with the final scene of the movie that happened before it. Mm-hmm. So, but... I would say check them out. Yeah. Well, reach out to us. Follow us on Twitter at watch this movie at, or sorry, watch this underscore movie. Email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com. Please follow us, rate and review on iTunes and or Stitcher. And check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. Check it out. Other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.